Yeah. All right. Let's see where we are. Praise the Lord, man. Good to be with you all. All of you in-house, in-person, and those of you joining online, thank you. We want to say hey to the Gospel Rescue Mission. I know you guys have been live streaming last week and this week. I know some of y'all are with us, and some of you can't be with us yet because you are in-house because you just started the program and you have 30 days. And so our church, we want you to know, is ready to welcome you. Can't wait for you to become part of the in-house part of the family. So yeah. We love you guys. We love all the people at the mission. We're so grateful for all that we have seen that God has done and what God wants to do and his plans for us as we're moving forward. You know, it's a new year and it's all about new opportunities. It is. Most of us don't take advantage of it. Most of us don't follow through with it. But when we turn the calendar and we have something brand new, it does give us the opportunity to start something new, to change something old to be something that we are not yet, or stay the same. It's our choice. We're going to face some adversity this year. Just want to let you know that. Want to encourage you right now because you're going to face some illness. You're going to face some temptation. You're going to face some things maybe even like death. We will have opportunity. Church, we will have opportunity. Opportunity to increase our faith, opportunity to grow in our relationship with the creator of the universe, opportunity to grow in relationship with those that God has placed in our lives around us. There are so many opportunities that we have that God is providing for us, but ladies and gentlemen in the church, we have to take advantage of the opportunity God has given, and it begins right now. God is giving us this opportunity for an unbelievable God move in our own life. I don't care what happens in the world. I do, but I don't. I don't care what's happening in other churches. I don't care what's happening in anybody else's life. I want God to move in me. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be the same. (laughs) Man, there's an opportunity for renewal, for growth, for strength, for change, to better our lives, to better our families, our church, and our communities. 2023 could be the year that Jesus comes back. I have my doubts. I'm just saying. (laughs) But you never know. Okay? Uh, Yeah, we'll leave that one alone because we're not talking about prophecy right now. Just want you to know. Even if he doesn't come back, you may go to him. Are you ready? Either way? Are you living like you may? No answers on that one. (laughs) Stop trying and do it. All right, ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, you have an opportunity. You can put it on cruise control and just kind of float through and say, I'm going to get through it. But one of my uh, core values, if you know me and you've been around the church for a while, you know one of my core values of my life is I'm committed to change. And it's not because I like it or I enjoy it or because it's fun, but because it's necessary. It's going to happen with or without you, so you might as well be part of it. I'm not saying just accepting everything that's changing around us. I'm talking about not getting stuck in our own way, our own rut, and doing what we think is the right thing to do in the moment. I'm committed to change enough that I'm surrendering to God and allowing Him to lead me and change me. Several years ago, actually 2012, 
prior to the start of that calendar year, as I was praying and talking to the Lord, and we were back at the old campus. I think if I do my math right, yes, we were at the old campus on Broadway. And I was in a private prayer time devotional with the Lord, and I was talking to him. And it was at that time, our church was running about 200, 220, I think. That's going off my memory, so you can look up the records and make sure. But we were in that vicinity. I had one office worker in me. There was no one else on staff, kind of like we are right now. <laughs> but it was different back then, and here we were. And, uh, you know, the thought came through my mind. I know how to do this. I don't mean that bragging. I want you to hear me all the way through, okay? Don't just get, he's an arrogant jerk or something, and leave. Just stay with me. I'm not. I'd been doing a, a pastoral work for many years. In a church of 2 to 225, 250, I was like, you know, I can handle that. I know what that is. I can kind of just do this and enjoy it and celebrate with the people. Our campus was like maxed out right there. We couldn't fit anybody else. We were already doing three services, and that was our attendance. And as we're going along in my prayer time and talking to the Lord, is like, he challenged me and said, are you okay with that? <laughs> like, absolutely not, Lord. I am not okay with that. I don't want to be just like what we are. You know, I'm going to pause for a second time. I'll give you a little commercial. The commercial world, the church world, they're like, if you're like 70% of the, the Wesleyan churches in the United States are 100 or less in attendance, right? The vast majority of churches are 100 or less. That's ridiculous. Just letting you know my personal feelings on that. I am not okay with that. There are lost people in every community. And until they are all saved, the church isn't big enough. So get over the fact that a church is big enough when it's X number, because it's never big enough. And don't tell me that you don't like being in a big church, because I don't think there's going to be a little corner for you in heaven where no one's around except the number you want. Come on. Like a lot of people are like, well, that church is too big. They don't even know who I am. God does. And he knows if you're there or not. Hello. Come on. All right. So that was my commercial. I'll get off that and go on with where we need to be. So I'm looking at this. I'm saying like, God, I don't want to stop. And so God opened a door for me to go after my master's degree in ministry, right? My master of divinity. It was online. Prior to that, there was no opportunity for me to ever do that. I'd accomplished my, you know, undergraduate work, uh, in the ministry as I went along. Don't want to get into that one. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, it's over. And it was like, you're going to do this, right? So yeah, then I started doing that. And from 2012, I did a four-year degree in three years. And don't clap or think that was good. I was stupid. <laughs> that wasn't what God asked me to do. That's what Dave said he could do. And so he did it. Uh, almost killed myself in the process, right? And so God's like, okay, are you going to follow me and let me lead you? Are you going to follow what I'm saying to you and move forward? Or are we going to just, now that we've accomplished another goal, say, well, that's done, check that box, and move on? Church, we're here today because God's saying, none of y'all, including me, have arrived yet. Guess what? I don't care what you're doing or what you have or what you're accomplishing. You haven't arrived. God is calling us further than where we are today. And we have to be open and ready to embrace that. And that's going to require every single one of us to change something in our life. Everybody wants change until it's affecting them. 
They do. They want everything else to change around them, but not them. Church, we have got to understand that God does not want us to be the same, and God is in the business of changing and transforming who we are. We're reading in in Ephesians chapter 4 this morning, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Have any of y'all done that? We're going to have a big altar call today. All right, so the eight of you that know what that is, the rest of y'all listen up, okay? I'm going to read that again, and I'm not going to ask you to get louder. I just want to know if you know the truth. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Do you know that? He's the one and only Savior of the world. We were singing about it. You were singing it pretty loud. He's the way, the truth, and the life, which I love. it. I love when I hear y'all singing. It's amazing. Okay, if you know that truth, this is what God's word says to you. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Was that for the people next to you that you rode into church with? You just said amen, or was that you personally? (laughs) I didn't hear any thumps, so maybe it was you. I don't know. All right, instead, let the Spirit renew... Some of y'all need some coffee this morning or something, man. (laughs) Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That's your call. So what I'm saying is, are you... Created to be like God, and are you truly righteous and holy? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Some of you are nervous to answer that. Let's go forward and see what God has to say to us. Since you've learned the truth about Jesus, let me just fill in the blank there. He is the one and only Savior of the world. There is no salvation outside of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's the truth of Jesus in a nutshell. Okay? You will never be saved any other way than through Jesus Christ. Be very clear with that. Okay? And the Word of God is addressing this and says, since you've known that truth, you've learned that truth, you've accepted that truth, I'm going to ask you, church, what do you need to throw off to become more godly, truly righteous, and holy? What is it you need to throw off? You remember we read it in the scriptures. It said, because you know this truth, throw off the old sinful nature, that stuff that you used to be. What is it God's talking to you about throwing off? This is the first element of change that we need to embrace this year. What is God saying you need to throw off in your life? Okay? It will take more than strong will and determination. You're going to be as strong in your will and your determination as you want to be, but you're going to fail if you try and do this on your own. That is why God's word says this to us right here. You ready? He says in the scripture that we just read to you, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. He didn't say, and the spirit will renew your thoughts and attitudes. Did you hear that? Let the spirit renew your thoughts and there's a surrender to us i'm pretty sure you knew that word was coming up today right (laughs) there is a surrender on my part to let the spirit do what god wants to do in mine in your life okay so there is that surrender aspect 
it blew my mind one day years ago when I was walking with God, talking to him, praying that I had the authority to let him be God. Think that through. I had been given by him the authority to let him be God or not. I could choose to be God myself and suffer the consequences because I'm not. Or I could surrender to the fact that he is God and know that he is and then give him permission to be God in my life. Now, when I gave him permission and I give him permission, and you need to continually do that, when I give him permission, then God is a God of creation. He is a God of the living, not the dead. He is a God that is transformational. And so he is doing something in my life to change me, doing something new inside of me. He's doing something in you. He's inviting you into this incredible journey with him. He's saying, look, I know what you need. Trust me. You knew that word was coming up too, right? Surrender. Trust. We'll get to the obedience part in a moment. Ask when you all need to come to the altar, just so you know. All right, just giving you a little heads up. All right, so... (laughs) You can't just do this in your own will and determination. Another surrender moment that the Spirit of God is challenging us with. The releasing of what your mind and your flesh says about you. What your mind and your flesh says to you. And what your mind and your flesh attempts to get you to identify as. You don't have to identify with what the world says what your own brain says, what other people say. We've got to learn to identify ourselves by what God says about us, what God says to us, and what God wants to do in us. There is where you will find your identity of being godly and live a holy and righteous life. It doesn't do you one bit of good to identify as if you're not living as. Come on, a few more amens than that. Thank you. All right. You don't have to be broken. You don't have to be dysfunctional. You don't have to be corrupt. You don't have to be confused. You don't have to be negative. Say that one again. You don't have to be negative. You don't have to be deceived. You don't have to be an addict. God wants to set you free from all that garbage and give you the opportunity to live a free life. Jesus came here to do it. We're not waiting till we get to heaven. If we got to wait till we get to heaven, then he ought to just whack us when we say yes. I mean that like literally. I'm saying then if that's what we're waiting for, then get me out of here. He came to do a work in us here and now. (laughs) I believe in the life-changing power of the living God. I do. I know. I've experienced it. I am not the guy. You think, God, you are welcome. (laughs) that was to my wife too and to myself you're not the same guy i'm not that same person the living god has changed me he is changing me if there's things you don't like about me you just pray for me maybe one of these days god will address that issue but he's got work to do still all right so we're looking at this this is why when i candidated here 17 and a half years ago i'm like look this isn't about if you like me or not I mean this very respectfully when I say, I don't care if you like me. Okay, I don't. I'm not living for your like. I'm not waiting for your thumbs up. Okay? <laughs> Jesus has given that to me. And that's all that matters. 
Because I know if I say something you don't like, you're going to give me a thumbs down the next time. So who cares, right? So here's the fact of the matter. You have to love me. You don't have to like me. That's God's word. So if you don't love me, that's on you, and you need to deal with God in your own heart. All right? I love you. I just want you to know that right now, okay? No matter who you all are. All right, so (laughs) I believe in this God who is active in the life of a believer, and I believe in that power that we were singing about when we sang the words up there that the same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in me. It's in my veins. It is the presence of the living God himself, church. So what in the world are we doing with the spirit of the living God going, doing, and saying some of the stuff we do? That wasn't going to be a swear word. I just was going to say something my mom would tell me not to say. Okay, so we'll just move on from there. All right. The surrender is to the Holy Spirit. It's okay. We all relax today. Come on, man. The lights are a little bright in my eyes. I don't know if we have a bunch of new people here or not, but this is the way it always is. I just want you to know we're not a perfect church. We're not a perfect people. We're here because we know we need God's help, and he's provided that help through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's move forward here. What God's... So surrender is to the Holy Spirit and what he says and wants to do in your life. Are you willing, church? This is not my action steps. You probably already knew that. Uh, Those are at the end of the service. So um, are you ready to let the Holy Spirit do something in you today? Now, I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about right now. Yeah, you know, you see a lot of people believe that Jesus is coming back. None of them believe it's right now. They wouldn't. They don't. If they did, they'd be on their knees because there's stuff they need to get right. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about right now. Are you ready to let the Holy Spirit, God himself, speak into your heart and say what he wants to say, not what you want him to say, not what you're willing to hear, but are you open to let the Holy Spirit actually say what God needs to say in our heart? Come on, the rest of you. Are you willing? You don't have to be scared. God loves you. You don't have to be afraid of him. What he's going to say to you isn't going to make it worse for you. He's going to make your life better. It may not look better in the moment. It's going to be better. No matter what it looks like. Right. All right. Here's the actions for us. We read it in that scripture. Throw off, let, put on. That was all right there in the scriptures we read. It's been a while because I've been yakking along a little bit, but you remember reading that? I can reread it if you want to and go on probably preach another. Anyway, we'll just say the action words for you and I were this. Since you've learned this, throw off. Let the Holy Spirit and then put on the new. Okay, so that God has provided it all, but look at what it just did. It just said, hey, you got to make this happen. You've got to allow this to happen by letting God be God in every aspect. And then you have to embrace what he's saying to you and then put that on. That's the aspect of letting. So it's that surrender, the trust, and the obedience aspect are right there again without even using those words. He is saying this to us, church. Okay. Let's see. We're going to move to Isaiah so we can get along. Everybody was excited that we got out in less than an hour last week, and they were like, is this the new normal? And I'm like, well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) Right. 
I don't mean I took an hour. I meant the service. So don't get all nervous if it's your first Sunday. We are, <laughs> we're reading in the book of Isaiah. Some people don't think that was funny at all. Go get some coffee. This, <laughs> this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the paths you should follow. You hear all that? I mean, man, that's amazing right there. He's teaching you. Some of us need to be taught for a while. We've been held back for several years because we still haven't got it. If you feel like you're stuck, maybe you should learn something. Surrender. And then God will give you another grade. Come on, man. He's saying, I am your God. I'm teaching you what is good for you. Just because I don't like the looks of it, it's like, I really, God, I don't think so. It's not really what I'm looking for. How about another option? This isn't like some kind of game show where it's option one, two, or three. God's like, here's the way. You got to go do it. It's like, but I don't like the looks of that, Lord. I'm teaching you what's good for you. Now you got to follow not lead, not invite, follow. So some people in the church and some of you outside the church think that God has already led them down the path they are on regardless of the choices they've made, plans they've made, decisions they've made, and they're living in the consequences of sinful, stupid choices. And then they're like, well, you know, hey, God's led me down this path. Wait, we're going to read the scriptures, and I want you to erase that lie from your mind. we got to renew our thoughts, our attitudes, and see what God has to say to us. Are you ready? Because God didn't lead you down that path of making wrong choices. You did. And until you accept that, you're not going anywhere. Okay. So the, the word we usually say right there is like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. So what we're doing is we're kind of putting an asterisk there and we're saying, I've made dumb decisions because I am a sinner. Yes. Okay. And then instead of saying, I am a child of God and I've been redeemed. Amen. All right. So we've got to stop opting for the sinner clause and start opting for the holy, righteous, godly clause, which is the one that God actually put on there. So we got to make decisions. We've got to surrender to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And when we do not choose the leading of the Holy Spirit, there are consequences for our decisions. Because you know what that's doing? It's saying, I'll handle it. I'm God. You just watch me. See, when I make the decisions and I don't follow his lead, I take his place in my life. Let's continue to read in Isaiah right there. I'm going to reread that last little section so you know I'm still there and moving forward. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the paths you should follow. Oh, that you had listened to my commands. Then you would have had peace flowing like a gentle river and righteousness rolling over you like the waves in the sea. Your descendants would have been like the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. There would have been no need for your destruction or for cutting off your family name. Wow. Oh, so God's saying like, you know, you are where you are because you did it to yourself. That's what he's telling his people Israel. Oh, if you'd have just listened. Oh, if you'd have just been obedient. 
Oh, it wouldn't have had the consequences that are now being lived out in your children and your grandchildren. They wouldn't suffer the consequences of what's happening in their lives if you would have only listened. It's God's word. So God says, hey, you know, when you did not do what I wanted and you did what you wanted, this is what happens. We are not, church, allowed to just drag God along, submitting our plans and telling him to bless it. The Holy Spirit is to lead our lives. Remember, we've read that a couple times. Follow, follow, follow. Jesus said, come and follow me and be my disciples. He didn't say, hey, come and show me what you want and I'll give it to you. It's crazy, man. I don't understand why we keep doing this. God is not interested in me or co-pilot. He's not wanting to ride along on your journey. God will abandon that seat. He will not sit there. God has to be in control of our lives. He's God, not us. Knock it off. He's not looking to sanction your plans. If you keep submitting it, submitting it, submitting it, pretty soon you'll just do it. That doesn't mean he said it's okay. A lot of people say, you know what? Oh, I've been praying for this, praying for this. And I'm like, hey, God, if this happens, then I know it's going to be your will. And I'm like, really? That's what you're going to do. You're just going to like give it to them and say, if it's your will, it's going to happen. First off, if you're buying something, you should have good enough credit as a Christian because you're a steward of God's resources that they will approve you. That doesn't mean God's in it because that bank doesn't care anything about you. They want your resources and they'll approve you for stuff you can't handle. I don't know if that's a revelation to you or not, but stop using that as God's will. All right? Let God lead, church. Let God lead in every decision of our life. That doesn't mean you need to pray and say, God, should I eat beef or ham or bacon or what should I have for lunch today? I'm going to wait on you. You may be fasting for a while. Okay? All right, what we're doing is we're saying in our life choices in the direction of God, we need to be assured that God is giving us direction in every aspect. If you feel led to pray about what you eat, pray about what you eat. I'm not making light of that. All I'm saying is don't get paralyzed in waiting on God. Learn to live with him and allow him to lead your life. I tell people all the time, God says no to me more than he says yes. That's not a bad thing. Okay, because what I'm saying is, God, is this your direction? Is this what you want from me? And then I begin to pursue it. I'm not talking about sin. I'm saying life choices. And pretty soon, God will say, don't go there. And I'm like, okay. Sometimes I'll bump my head on the wall before he hears, I hear the no. But I hear the no. Rarely in the beginning of decisions do I hear God say, this is the way, walk in it. Rarely do I hear that first. Okay, he affirms it by his spirit being in agreement with my heart as I move along. So I don't want to confuse you. Let's just trust God in what he's doing, okay? So we should ask, seek, and submit our ideas to God. He invites us to do that. You do know that. So I'm not saying stop with all your dumb ideas. That's not it at all. We're going to be giving God the ideas and we're submitting and asking him, but we're not doing it as we're already designing everything. Okay, because we already have our mind made up. We're waiting on his affirmation. So as we do this, ultimately it's going to require the surrender to his will and plan. And if it does not align with ours, thank him and submit you don't want to do your own thing. 
You don't want to do your own thing. Let's go back to Isaiah again, but we're going to jump to chapter 43. And obviously today's service is not just an hour, it's 1129. Um, But I think other people were talking while they were doing worship. I think it was their fault. I'm going to read Isaiah 43. (laughs) I said, I think. I didn't say it was a fact. I... (laughs) This is Isaiah 43. Listen to God's word. Don't listen to that. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Isn't that awesome? Like You're like, oh man, that's pretty brutal. It's like, yeah, God is. And in an awesome way. He's telling his people, he's like, just look back in history and look at all I've already done. I have done amazing, amazing things. Can you just pause for a second and just reflect on all the amazing things God has already done? He is incredible, but it's not all done yet. We had these read to us at the beginning of the service, so listen again. God says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. Yeah. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The wild animals in the fields will thank me. The jackals, the owls, too. They forgiving the water in the desert. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so my chosen people can be refreshed. Now, church, as we read that scripture, I am almost at my action steps, so don't like, think you've got to get up and leave. Listen, God has proven himself to be a God of miracles when he is leading. All right? He promises again, I'm going to do more amazing things. Don't get stuck in what I've already done, because I'm a God of creation, and I'm going to do a new thing. All right, so stop looking for what God has done. He's like, I've done that. I'm going to do something new. Man, I'm excited. I'm like, God, I can't wait to see what you are going to do. And he's amazing. Okay, so this is what he says in that scripture. You got to remember this. Hear the fullness of the context. This is what God says. I'm going to lead you in the wilderness. I'm going to lead you into a dry wasteland. But it's not going to stay that way. Right? This is what we just read. He said it may appear to be a wilderness It may appear to be a dry wasteland. He says right there, but I will make a way. I will make a a river flow there. All right, so see what happens a lot of times is when God says do this, we're looking at like, oh, dear God, I don't want to go there because it looks like a wilderness. It looks like a parched land. And he's like, surrender, trust, obey, follow my lead, go there. And when we begin to walk in that place, all of a sudden, the wasteland begins to look different. The rivers begin to flow because you are now in obedience to the living God. And the spirit of the living God is creating new things in your life. It doesn't matter what the world says. They're like, don't go there. It's like, no, God called me there. This is what he has for us, church. I want God to do something new. He's so good. (laughs) We have to step into the unknown before God reveals the known. Amen. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> That's true. 
So it's not about how it looks, not about how it feels, not about what other people think. It's not other people's opinion. It's all about obedience, letting God be God, letting him be in charge. <laughs> Are you ready to surrender your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Are you ready to surrender to the Holy Spirit's lead throughout this year, following, not inviting, but specifically today? Those are our action steps. We are going to invite you if you'd like to come to the altar. We are doing baptism. Our security is getting our kids to come up. We have three baptism candidates. Just hang with us, would you? Like, just stay here for this celebration. We want to do this as part of our service, but I don't want to neglect the opportunity for you to come to the altar. If the Holy Spirit is calling, respond, move, let the Holy Spirit draw you to himself and reveal his plan in your heart and your life. Yeah, don't wait. Thank you for being obedient to him. <laughs> he loves you. <laughs> yes, God, whatever your will, <laughs> we surrender. <laughs> Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask for new, your new. I don't want the old. I don't want to be where I was. We don't want to be where we were. We don't want to be just a church that exists for ourselves. We want to be a living, godly people. That's only possible because of you, Lord, only because of your power. Holy Spirit, do your work in us today. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the lying spirit, the deceiving enemy. We declare only you, Holy Spirit, to be able to speak into the hearts of the people that are hearing these words right now. Holy Spirit, would you do exactly what Jesus said you would do? Conviction, guidance, gifts, power, whatever it is that needs to be done in the hearts of each and every one of us that are here. We give you permission, Holy Spirit, to do it. Will you give him that permission, church? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.